Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com drink. That's rosettastone.com drink. We're back. Yes. We're alive. We are alive. No one no one got as drunk as I expected. I know. I think everyone was so, like, amped and, like, fired up that alcohol was not even needed to, like, Which, like, support. Ev- okay, here's the thing. I assume that all of Christine's hometown friends, like, kind of helped Christine get to where she is on, on the drinking level that she's at. Oh, no, so, that was a college thing, you see. And so I was told by several people, like, get the booze ready. I'm going to get hammered. Who told you this, Renee? Yeah. Renee and I were the only ones who took shots. People, listen, everyone talked the talk. And so I was like, oh, I better buy an entire bar's worth of alcohol. So I did. And guess how much got drank? Yeah. Not um, much. Hmm. Okay, here's the thing. I'm not going to bore anybody with the details. We went to Vegas for my bachelorette party. Also, it took us, instead of four hours, it took us 10 hours to get there. Yep. By the time we get there, we were, like, so fried and frazzled that, like, I took some shots with Renee, but it was just, like, we were, like, we'll drink tomorrow. But then we were gone on the next day, like, the whole Mm -hmm. fucking day. Yeah. And I just was, like, I feel terrible anyway, so I will make it up to you, I promise. But it was the best weekend ever. (laughs) So, sorry. I know that that was kind of a downer that nobody drank all the time. Yeah, everyone's kind of confused how it's, like, the best when you were just, like, I don't want to bore people with the details. No, of the the trip I met. Of the 10-hour fucking I had a great time. I I got there early. I had a great time with Renata. We were by ourselves for several hours, so I got to know your your mom very well. Yeah, she's, um... uh... And then everyone else showed up at, like, 9 o'clock at night on Friday night, and I was like, well, that's a whole to day. To be fair, I left at 10 a.m. <laughs> to be fair, I sobbed like the whole way there, but we made it finally. Got on a um, the Ferris wheel, got some great photos. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. We did the high roller. Yep. We went to the Gold Spike Playground. Yep. We which was my favorite part. To Lakov. Lakov. Which was such good brunch, like 10 course brunch. And we, oh my God, yeah, that, that was, was so quite good. the brunch. That, I drank a lot there, but that was, again, outside of the hotel. It was truly an 18 course meal. Yeah, it was like unlimited food, but it was all so good. And then we did Lazy Dog for another brunch. Yes, that was good. Uh, Lisa made a sweet toast. It was really adorable. She was very nervous too. She wanted to make a, she was like, I don't know how to be emotional. What do I do? And I was like, just give it a shot. Did I ever tell you about Blaze's grandpa's funeral? She did the eulogy. Yeah. And she's like, I was staring at you the whole time and then you started crying. And I was like, Christine, you were the one person who was supposed to be my rock. And I was like, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> uh, Lisa was very kind and helped us out and 
got us really wonderful hotel rooms and we stayed at the venetian it was beautiful thank she you she also Lisa. helped she helped me a lot with checking people in and out because there was some like weird thing where things were under her name not my name well, people and so, spelled your name wrong too yeah it was like a whole so her and i ended up going back and forth to check out a bunch of times before people got there i just to, remember like, her screaming check out at vip check out at vip <laughs> tell them you're with me and i'm like i need to travel with you more often Somebody so, recognized Lisa and me and you. Did you see that? Or no. me and Lisa. I don't think you were there, but it was me and Lisa. And my mom goes, did you hear that woman? And I was like, no. And she goes, that woman just said, why are those two together? Like, because <laughs> I guess recognized Lisa. And then I don't remember. I don't know if you were there or not, but I was my mom there. was like, yeah, I stayed back to talk to them. And I guess they recognized Lisa and me and were like so confused why we were in the same place at once. <laughs> and I was like, why did they say hi? Whatever. It doesn't matter. But that happened so hi to whoever you are hi hi hi. we had a great time i had a great time i got to go on a date with allison one of the days so cute we went zip lining and we went to the avengers museum which i could talk forever about but i'm not going to just all sorts of swag i oh i had a good time (laughs) they went yeah the zip lining was great you guys got adorable photos yes maybe we should mention the chip and nails and then like never talk about it again right the elephant in the room so here's the thing Lisa, I guess, did like a photo shoot with them a long time ago and was like, oh, don't worry. I got us. We looked at our tickets later and they said standard celebrity presidential table. And I was like, oh, my. Okay, so we sat at this table way up front. They did the Fifty Shades of Grey sequence and we're like, it's your turn to come up on stage. It was really. What was it? I was I blacked it out. I don't remember it. I completely blacked it out. Listen. (laughs) I know. I, you don't even have to tell me. I know you were the one that had to do it and be on the stage. But I also think as the viewer, <laughs> I had a worse time. My, I think My brother's traumatized for the rest of his life. Alexander and I were shielding each other's eyes. I consistently screamed, I'm going to vomit for about five minutes in a row because I now know everything about my best friend here's the thing my mom that night my mom had the best time during that she and lisa were like living it up watching that happen and then afterward i'm not kidding that i completely blacked it out my mom goes my favorite part was blank my favorite part was blank and i was like did this actually happen because yeah it all everything you could the the worst things renee's like my favorite part is when he puts his entire arm up your dress and i was like yeah. That didn't happen. And everyone's like, yes, it did. It really fucked me up for the rest of the night. I was in like a really weird mood. Oh, <laughs> like, no. I was like. My I, mom was like, remember when he groped your breasts? I was like, oh, for I fuck's do. sake. Oh, my God. I don't remember any of it. And then, of course, Lisa had it professionally videotaped. No one's seeing it. So don't even oh, fucking ask yeah, me. But no, that's okay. I swear that will never be seen by the public. If you can swear the sassy, the clown picture. Yeah, never. absolutely. I, I mean, finally, I swore that a long time ago. I finally, we finally balance out on that. Okay, you're right. Because, wow, that you was You know, here's horrifying. the thing. And I discussed this with Eva when we got back to the room, because Eva and I shared a room. I remember when you first said that we were going to go to Chippendales, we had a conversation where I was like, they're going to like be incredibly naked and rubbing up on you. And you were like, that won't happen. And I was like, okay. And so I like tricked myself into thinking I was wrong. And had I just thought my original thought the entire time, I would have gone in prepared to be like uncomfortable. But you had convinced me that that's not what was going to happen. And then I got in there and I was like, oh, no, I should have been afraid all along. And so apparently when afterward, so I was you guys, I was literally handcuffed to a wall and then I was spun around and then they like fucking I had a blindfold on. So I don't know, but I had it was a while. I wish I did. (laughs) But so I guess afterward they like released me. I mean, to be fair, I do want to say like the entire time they were like talking to me in my ear and being like, you're doing great. Like if anything's uncomfortable, let us know. Like they were so. We don't want to. We don't want to bad talk Chippendales. They were entire. They asked for consent every step of the way. I had my life and so did my mother. So whatever. But Renata was clapping away. (laughs) As I was leaving, I guess they basically were like, 
I was walking down and they were holding my hand and helping me around the stairs. My mom goes, you looked at the audience and just like winked. And I was like, I want to <laughs> die. That's horrible. I remember a very specific moment where they choked Christine on stage. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. That scared the shit out of and me. I just they put Christine's, their hand around my throat. Christine's whole body language. I just remember watching it go from I'm on a stage and I'm scared to this might as well fucking happen. Like I watched. I just was like, this is fun. I watched the defeat just come over well, the you the best line was when they were saying before they turned me around they're like so do you have any pets where are you from um like how's the weather back in la like they were being all friendly they're like what's your pet's name and they're like okay sweetie spread your legs a little wider and i was like <laughs> oh my god i could die and they're like your family's having a great time don't stress anyway i had the greatest time i thought it was so funny and hilarious um blaze probably didn't find it as funny and i did not show him the video because he goes please never show it to me so that's oh not... i was gonna be like a total bro to you and be like we will never tell blaze but apparently we're gonna Do you even think his aunt lisa did not immediately that's fair. try to force him to Look, watch it all i know is i was not even gonna bring up chip, chip and nails on the show because I... it was so fun <laughs> i know i just i just i didn't know if, if you were gonna tell blaze or not it's chip. I mean, it's like a. It's like okay. My the way my mom keeps saying it is, it's a performance. Like it's a show. It's true. not like a real like sexual encounter. Like that's true. It was, a, it was all very show. They didn't when they choked me. They didn't touch. Yeah, my it was skin. super light. And like all that. they didn't really put his. He put his arm behind me. He didn't put his arm under my. It just looks guess, very. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. And um, my yeah, my brother also got quite quite a, a, quite an experience. Uh, I guess his entire face went directly into the groin of a dancer. Yep. Um and he had a blast he had a great time he was like it was really fun so i feel like if you know it's just like a vegas show it's fun you know mm -hmm. so anyway i had a great time so let's talk about something else <laughs> no i'm stressed well out. i was gonna talk about the the main part of the bachelor party oh the finale yeah yeah that's what i meant let's talk about something else in vegas I, right i want to continue okay, to always talk about that's Las the vegas. thing i want to talk about so take it the away. thing where last week you were like i don't know what you're talking about right yeah we went under m's wonderful supervision and uh brilliant planning we went to <clears throat> the zach baggins haunted museum in las vegas nevada mm -hmm. and wow was that an experience that i was not expecting yeah it was i actually felt bad i after think my heart rate was elevated more there than at chippendales and that's saying something i think my heart rate was racing very quickly at chippendales and it was absolutely like tranquilized and in the zach baggins because i was very like it, it was very dark it was like kind of a it was like weirdly macabre and upsetting <laughs> yeah like i was expecting like just scary story like scary ghost stories and then there was like the dr kevorkian van that we that like that was upsetting you could literally like look in and see like where several people it was like, like got assisted suicide yeah, it was very it was like a memorial to it, the people who passed away it was very, it really fucked me up i did not like the room by the way i enjoyed the whole thing but their new room with the serial killer guy and the yeah that I was didn't, too much that, yeah so okay. i almost left the room i was like this is too much to be fair that is nothing compared to the museum of death so i don't want to do that so as okay. i've been saying you don't want to appreciate do that because so now you've that gotten was, a taste that truly was too much for me every room is like that they were room. like there's fecal matter on this from the last person who and died like on it's it. and clearly I was like, there like you're not what? missing it like why would you put this in a museum? Yeah. But everything else was, like, really awesome and great. And even the, the tour guide was like, I don't like this room. Like, he was uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone was a little emotionally drained after that because it was so... I think everyone went in expecting to be, like, really hyped like up and goofy, scared. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was 
truly just so dark and <laughs> i like i left feeling very drained and like yeah. it was There's definitely humbling it was it was very humbling and for i a actually museum. i really liked it like i thought it was the perfect ending to the weekend i was like everyone just like had such a weird ending and then we all got to just <laughs> sit in the car and go home like i just i thought it was a really great ending and i really liked it i'm gonna be honest i had a lot of fun um and i did not know that there were jump scares involved yeah i didn't know that either so, so spoiler way, for you guys if you guys go there's like people jump out of you like a haunted like a but it's so bizarre because i don't know what the point of this is or like they were like they like hire little people to like yeah it kind of seems like a freak show color to me yeah like it was a little off color to me but because like there was definitely little people jumping out pretending to be like dolls Dolls. and like it was really uncomfortable because i felt bad that i screamed and ran away and it wasn't because they were a little person it was because it it looked like a clown scared the crap like a doll just like a clown was running after you and you didn't expect it because basically they put you in a room yeah with a bunch of dolls and then yeah. all of a sudden one of the dolls is chasing you right 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 like right. that's why you're scared but like it just it makes you feel like a bad a person yeah, socially it afterwards it was just a strange thing and i was like how did they hire these like it's just such a sp- and also like they went from jump scares to like really dark rooms it and was i was so... like i was like my emotions are everywhere right now because <laughs> they had like a carnival like clown maze where you were being like like a true like haunted maze where you'd be yeah, jumped like out of you clowns. go like around corners and then people jump out of you but then you would go into the next and room like, and there's like your kevorkian's death fan you're like oh wait i think that's why i was emotionally drained because Maybe. i just i just went from like really like high highs and really low lows that's very true. quickly but we did you guys we saw the fucking divic box episode 11 not only that but like yeah we just talked about like some of the like the outliers about the museum but like there were some dark things and some jump scares but like mainly every room had very scary things in there and it was interactive and it was voluntarily interactive where he would right the right. guide would even say like if you're uncomfortable i'm about to show you something and if you don't want it to attach mm-hmm. to you or if you don't want to open up like and he'd be really honest he's like this yeah. is what it is he and there were some rooms where he he was even like you walk in i don't go going, in there anymore yeah. i don't go in there anymore i did like his honesty where he was like this room really fucked me up when i first got here i have seen shit in that room i yep. don't want to be there yeah. you can go in and um (laughs) which made it kind of creepier it made it creepier yeah and i i love i really like the dibic box but the yeah the dibic box he said he was incredibly uncomfortable in and that was the that was the room that changed him because when he first went there he was a skeptic and he was like i can work here because i don't care and i'm not scared and then he started working near the dibic box and he was like i'm forever a believer now apparently when they put the dibic box in its display case it's Mm -hmm. also surrounded with like three inches of salt and dried sage Mm -hmm. and it's like all the whole box is like sealed up under glass like like, airtight airtight apparently the doors are slowly starting to open on their own the the divic box yeah yeah and like to open the doors the drawer has to open first and the drawer got pulled out on its own the doors are starting to open and it looks like fingerprints have been in the salt, like playing really, with the boundary. You can like see it. It's very weird. It's very creepy. And I think the scariest part of that whole room was when he said, oh, we had a, a psychic medium here and she told me not to tell her anything. And she walked in and she she like stopped and she goes, there's a shadow person in that corner. And I was like, and there were like a bunch of our group in that corner. And we were all like, okay, can we leave? Like that is so fucking upsetting. And um, that really fucked me up. He also said that before he knew any of the history of the Dybbuk box, when he went home, he had a really bad dream. Yeah. Like about a recurring about him uh like he was in a display case that was also sitting in the same room as a dybbuk box as he's sitting in that display case he watches the other case of the dybbuk box and he sees an old hag crawl out of the dybbuk box walk over to his display case and look through the glass at him and then like look over her shoulder and wave someone over and it's a dark shadow man yeah 
And he didn't know any of the history of the Dybbuk box, but apparently when he actually heard the history, he realized that there are two spirits locked in the Dybbuk box. One is an old hag and one is a shadow man. Uh, And he had that dream forever. Yeah, he had that dream repeatedly. He also said the, the demon house that I've talked about before. Yeah, Gary, Indiana. Um, they actually like dug up remains from the basement where all that horrible stuff was stemming from and put it into that room. <laughs> they were like, Zach found a portal to another demon world, so he transported it into this. <laughs> I was like, why would you do that? Get and, rid of it. But also, it's the only room that has a crucifix over the door before you go in. Yeah. Our tour the, guide would not go in there. The tour guide, literally, he put his hand on the doorknob and he was like, you can go in here single file if you would like. I do not go in this room. You may enter. And then he swung the door open as far away from his body as possible. And he beelined to the front door. Yeah. And, and we I, were like, why? And he's like, I got scratched in there. We were like, okay. He, but he said he got scratched with three claw marks and it didn't heal for over a month. Yeah, no. And then apparently and then he's like, got, bye, good luck. And that's also apparently the room that Zach Baggins himself like got hit in the head and oh. it gave him permanent double vision. And that's why he always wears glasses now. No, I call bullshit on that. He wants to wear those hipster glasses, and he tries to find an excuse. I'm sorry. This is where my Zach Baggins... Well, here's and then the... my favorite part is where he goes, the next room is about a genius. And I went, haha, it's me. And my brother goes, it's probably about Zach Baggins. And I was like, <laughs> oh, right. Absolutely like, it is. Like, we don't want to take away from the fact that this was the most Zach Baggins oh, uh-huh. museum I've ever been to. Can we please talk about that? There was this, like... There Let's was this one it. spot where there's like an intro video before we go into a room. <laughs> and to be fair, it's before the, the Kevorkian van. So it was supposed to be like like a very like dark a video moment right. it's supposed to be touching but like in the video where zach is like telling you what you're about to see it just sounds like the most zach baggins <laughs> thing he's just like we have the van here and if you saw it on my show on the travel channel at <laughs> 9 p.m eastern standard time <laughs> it was, was like, the Lord. most like bro it sounded kind of like a little bit of there was a pinch of mansplaining in there oh for sure oh my favorite part was when they said about um so there was like a room where they had relics of celebrities who've passed and there was like a patrick swayze <laughs> like memorial <laughs> section and he goes and the tour guide is like patrick swayze is zach's favorite actor he believes that ghost is the most accurate depiction of the afterlife and i <laughs> clawed my brother's arm so hard trying not to laugh i was like i think the most zach baggins thing that happened is we got to the gift, the shop, gift shop obviously and there is a a signed poster because zach also made a documentary about the demon house plug called demon house it's called demon house we i have haven't seen it, it but i'm sure we're gonna and snort our way through it so there was posters of his documentary about Demon House, and he had signed them. And apparently, he literally signed them yesterday. Like he, like, like what? Like we the missed day before. him by twenty four hours, and I wanted to cry. <laughs> and uh, so I was like, "Here's Zach Baggins' signature. This is the exact full circle we need for our studio." I'm going to get Christine. We got to frame this shit. I'm going to get Christine a framed signature of Zach Baggins' poster. My dream. Then I paid for it. It wasn't even paying attention to like how much it cost or anything. And I walked out, and it was a fifty dollar poster because he signed it. Like I looked at the receipt. I was like, and it said oh poster twenty dollars and then it was like signature thirty four dollars and i was like christ alive this is the most zach baggins thing i've ever seen in my life truly and then i gave it to christine i was like you better fucking frame this and i was like don't even touch it we need to get it like professionally on it to professionally framed because we spent way too much yeah so that happened um it was a wild time and um wait wasn't eva gonna say something yeah eva did you have things to say sort of feel nauseous in the Dybbuk room. Yeah, that's what I want to hear about. At first, I was kind of being skeptical. And so when I it was in the Dybbuk room and I was like, I was in the corner kind of with the shadow person. And after that happened, I was like, oh, Lord. Okay, the awkward great. shuffle to the left. We all just were like, oh, okay, we're going to really <laughs> obviously. <laughs> and so then I started feeling, a, I did actually start feeling a little bit nauseous. 
everything in me was trying to be logical about it and was like, my stomach is terrible. Like, I feel nauseous 70% of my life. Like, okay, that's an exaggeration, <laughs> but a lot of my life. <laughs> so I was trying to logic it away, but then honestly, the floor felt like it was moving. Uh-huh. To me. Like, uh-huh. anyway, I put on my motion sickness bands and hey. it kind of worked. I was like, hey, maybe these are spirit bands too. You know too. what? You, you stayed upright. That's all that matters. I did. I don't know whether it was a combination of like far be it for me to disrespect the spirit because that was whole the right. whole thing the tour guide was saying is like I just respected the spirit and now everything is okay. So I was trying to do like a combo of like okay it was maybe my body and maybe my reaction to things. Also I respect you bo- box of <laughs> box of demons. I respect box you. It's like how can it hurt to be like I believe you if you make my stomach ache go away. I don't know. It's yeah. worth trying. Exactly. Oh, and then there was the Peggy doll, mm-hmm. which was like one of my favorite parts. With the it had a spirit box. Actually, this is great. So it had a spirit box, and it kind of you know it like cycles through all the the radio. Yeah, the frequencies and. He's like, yeah, so if you go in, like, and you want to open up to talk to it, he's like, it's it's a girl, we call her Peggy, but it's not actually a girl. It's, like, we think it's, like, a possessed doll, like a like demonic said, presence. Well, well, because at some point he said, like, you can go in and say hi, and Christine was like, okay, I'm good in there. And so yeah, he overheard that and went, okay, really quick, before anyone, like, yeah. tries anything. <laughs> and he went, we call her Peggy because it is a female doll, but we do not believe that Peggy is a girl. In fact, Zach believes that whatever is possessing this doll was never human to begin <sighs> with. So and he's like, Said, so if you want to go in there and say hi, just be prepared to open yourself up to well, attachment. You, know, you have to say hi, but if you ask it a question, then you open yourself up to like right. response. So you're supposed to say hello and goodbye. Um, and so we were like, hello. And then obviously Em and I were both like, fresh. that's not. <laughs> oh, good point. Imagine. Pete. What if the oh spirit God. box said that fresh? would have truly been. Fuck. We would have had to quit the podcast right there. We should have gone hello and then seen what happens. Yeah. Fuck. We didn't think. Let's go back. Okay. Okay. Eva wrote that down. Eva wrote that down. So we went in there and we were like, hello, Peggy. And then like stared at it because we were like, we're not going to fucking ask it a question. The first thing it goes is Dybbuk. And we were like, oh no, this is right after and the Dybbuk we were box. Lit- it's literally, sh- it shares the wall with the Dybbuk box. And then Allison goes, should I ask it a question? And it just goes, before Evan can even respond, it goes, don't. And we were like, yeah. ah! <laughs> I literally looked Allison so deep into her, like in her soul, like in her core. And I was like, Allison, you do not you were like, fucking you say a word. Dare. I yeah. was like, you need to leave this room and you need to say goodbye. And she, that woman almost left and didn't say goodbye. I grabbed her arm so damn tight. <laughs> I was like, you say goodbye right now, Allison. And she you went, tell goodbye. Peggy, goodbye. <laughs> yeah. So then later on, um, Alexander's girlfriend, by the way, it's her birthday. Happy birthday, Allie. Happy birthday. Uh, she was asking in the car ride home back to LA. Like, she's like, Christian, don't be offended. But like, what the fuck is with the spirit bot? Like, I don't get it. What is it? That noise? And I was like, oh, I'll explain it. So basically what it is. And then Renee from like behind her sunglasses just goes, I was like, what it is, is. And she goes, Zach Baggins with a microphone behind the wall. And I was like, <laughs> I was like maybe. <laughs> I can't even argue that. But that just made my day. Anyway, Zach, don't, no hard feelings. We're tight, right? We're cool. Yeah, he'll just block you again. He unblocked me, so I feel like I have to be cool again to yeah. him. Uh-huh. Hi, Zach. Love you. Love you like a bro. Lilub. Lilub. Anyway, that was our Vegas trip. It was the best time of my life. We have so much booze left over, so thanks, Em. And can't even fucking drink it, which sucks. Yep. Otherwise, I would give it to you. I think you'll get drunk for quite a long time on that. The best part is, though, I keep... Oh, I wrote you a note. Remind me to give it to you. You wrote me a note? Yeah, like a thank you card. Like a love love note. Like a love note. Um, But the best part is that now I'm just, like, planning if you have a bachelor party to just, like... It's going to get fucking weird. Like, I know I can't top it, but, like, I'm going to try so hard. (laughs) I I got... I made Christine, like, her own labels. I mean, water bottle labels. I forgot to even describe. Like, there was, like, a photo booth (laughs) section in the 
fucking Venetian suite. There was like all the champagne bottles had blazes by picture on them. There was a banner that and it said Christine gets blaze, which is our hashtag. There was like a banner that said same penis forever that I took 8,000 photos of and kept texting blaze. And he's like, you've already sent this to me three times. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know what else you want me to say. Like banners with our photos on oh, them. The, um, the lipstick thing. Oh my God. They made me this like photo of us with like a mat under the frame. And it had everybody like wrote sweet notes with different color lipstick on it. It was just the most, I mean, I've never been so overwhelmed in my whole life. I just have been the last three days texting my mom like, remember this thing i was like remember the giant diamond engagement rings that were also shot glasses she's like yes <laughs> yes christine i do and i was like i took six shots out of those and she's like i'm so happy for you go to work <laughs> but it was the best weekend ever and there were we got sashes i just i just want to say i feel like i never thought that somebody would like do something like that for me and so i'm not gonna harp on it because i'm gonna get emotional but thank you and i loved it very much and it was very special to me and all my favorite people were there and that's all Yes. So I love you. I love you. Anyway. You want to hear about Peggy the doll? No! Are you serious right now? Fuck. Oh, my God. Sh- okay. That's why, because I know you're shitty ass. You always sneak a peek at my names on my on my papers. It's only because you put them in bold on the top so of I both. Put it as an I put it as an, a- as an acronym. <laughs> PTD. Peggy the doll. Explore new possibilities, pleasure zones, and find your vibe at funlove.com. Funlove.com is a leading online retailer of sensual health and wellness products, offering a wide array of premier brands of toys, lingerie, and accessories. I know I've talked about it before, but we received the most lovely gift basket from Funlove. First of all, I didn't know what it was at first, and then when I pulled out a vibrator, I thought, oh boy, this is not your everyday fruit basket. There was everything, I'm telling you, from sexy perfumes to toys to vibrators to lube. I mean, I gotta say, it's like a one-stop shop, okay? If you go to funlove.com and you're looking for maybe a romantic evening, either with a loved one or with yourself, they've got what you're looking for, I can promise you. So what are you waiting for? Explore, discover, indulge, and make love fun by visiting funlove.com. And if you live in Arizona or Colorado, check out one of their 18 store locations. Hey, maybe I'll stop by when I'm in town. And for a limited time, you can save 30% off your first order when you use the code DRINK at funlove.com. Head to funlove.com today and use code DRINK at checkout to save 30% off your first order. Visit funlove.com today. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things, but Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses, whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast-branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale 
No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code DRINK. Can we also, can I get more wine? Can you get more wine? Okay, I just needed some more. Oh, uh uh-oh. (laughs) (laughs) There's like a blood stain now on the table. Here's the thing. I didn't drink enough in Vegas. So, uh... Eva just said, like, oh, I'm really excited about, like, getting to uh, hear about her. And then was like, oh, it? Oh, them? And so basically, to all the people still wondering why gender-neutral pronouns are useful, it's for demons, so. <laughs> it's for demons and M. That way, you can... <laughs> <laughs> that way you could say, oh, I'm excited to hear about Peggy, not knowing what gender. Because M is a demon. The demon. Oh, yep. Yes. I'm a demon. But so I wanted, I was very excited that you brought up Peggy all on your own. Then I was like, oh boy. Oh, I wanted to shout about it loudly. I'm glad I get more chances to do that. Also, I like to think that how I was saying that the energy really like fucked me up. Like after the museum, like I was just like in this weird mood. Like I feel like everyone's energy was in like a million different places. Yes. Apparently, one of the things that Peggy does is tries to make you very ill and very depressed that's so mean and drag your energy super down and try to like harm you and on my drive back i drove back from vegas by myself and i was like relatively awake for the entire day and then when i got in my car it like hit me like a ton of bricks and i like was doing like the nodding off no, thing while i was driving um... i know i had to like pull over but i'm pretty sure it was peggy oh i'm I- gonna blame it on peggy i was just screaming like some flemish music on the way home but oh well maybe i'm a, a strong, we're two different maybe people. i have a stronger spiritual barrier you know right yes yes okay i feel like now i'm just gonna get fucking haunted for saying shit like that well let's, we'll find out let's find out so okay so here is what i could find about peggy the doll peggy by the way you guys is so creepy looking she's like a creepy fucking possessed doll i'm not gonna say anything and you'll find out why <laughs> oh shit i just insulted just say sorry i'm sorry Pe- why do you have that why I, is there an EMF reader on the table? Truly, it's it's not. It has nothing to do with this. I literally just found it over there, and I was like, "Wait, just see what happens." M. Schultz, what is what is this? It's an EMF reader. Why are you doing this? I just want to see if it does anything. Great, glad. And then I have to sleep ten feet away. <laughs> Our father. Like, okay, go. like Peggy from the Dybbuk box. Get out of here. So, um, okay. So the owner. This really means nothing. I feel like this looks like I'm setting it up for something, but I just found no. It. Let's just do it, and then Eva, tell us if it goes red. Eva, your job is to stare at it the whole time. <laughs> Eva, Eva, your job is to blood-curdlingly scream if you see anything. Or she's just going to, um, guys. Yeah, poor Eva's going to go. And then guys, we're going to fucking scream because <laughs> we're monsters. Um, all right. So Jane Harris, Jane with a Y, in case anyone wants to know. J-A-Y-N-E. Y-A-Y-N-Y. Yes. I'm sorry. Nailed it. I'm really sorry. Keep going. Two words in and Christine's got it. Hey, I spelled <laughs> wine all over. Look at this. Oh, wow. It looks like blood. Good. So Jane Harris, uh, she grew up uh, like surrounded in like paranormal in the world of paranormal. Her parents talked about it frequently all the time. As I was like reading about Jane Harris, I was like, oh, these are my children. Because like <laughs> you're like, they're going to go through. All they're going to be this. like, what did you do when you were growing up? And I'll be like, I talked about ghosts. So I'm going to keep doing it. So Ouija boards. <laughs> you're going to turn into Jane Harris. Game night is just Ouija board. So apparently she just grew up with the paranormal, always like a regular thing. In the year 2000, Jane's cousin Kelly passed away and she started studying spirit attachment Uh after that. So she got into it on her own at that point. And she created a company called HD Paranormal, which stands for Haunted Dolls Paranormal. (laughs) What? And her company helps those who think they have a possessed doll where they gather evidence, have access to mediums and things like that to try to 
rid the energy from the dolls. I want you to know that one of the Robert the dolls someone sent us is directly above your shoulder and it is deeply upsetting me right now. Also, let's also talk about oh how God. did you experience anything at that at the museum? Because in the puppet room, I literally watched a puppet move by itself and nobody else seemed to notice. And it wasn't a little person they hired to move. No, it was actually like a puppet on strings. It like literally lifted its own head they and it moving. stared at me. No, the strings were moving. Okay. I was like that fucking and it was a clown and I was like oh fucking course yeah. this is gonna be a clown and then puppet. he goes that's the only clown you'll see all day and then there were fucking 8,000 clowns but right. no they were like on like slow automated strings okay I was like I swear to god I'm watching a clown haunt me and oh this god. is just the most full circle no. thing I've ever seen oh my god no I promise I promise okay. got it okay can you Ooh. imagine though let's no it's like I know your past I mean I can't imagine because I just thought you it thought it <laughs> um okay. okay glad we cleared that up so okay so she Jane runs HD paranormal she also wrote a book, which I'm going to plug, called What Dwells Within, which is her most memorable in- paranormal encounters. So she's been doing her own paranormal investigations for like 18 years. Okay. She got Peggy when she received a large package in the mail with, in, with Peggy in it and a note. And the note was from the former owner that said the doll's name was Peggy. She was causing horrible things to happen to her throughout the night. Oh, no. The owner had this like deep feeling that she knew that the doll was somehow related because she would have horrible horrible nightmares she would wake up and she would have sleep paralysis oh fuck and she was always thinking about the doll she couldn't get the doll out of her head she never saw the doll during her sleep paralysis but she knew that somehow the doll that was that freaks me out so badly so she knew something was going on she tried to put the doll in different rooms and it just got worse and worse and so she called the priest and the doll was cleansed and blessed twice okay keep in mind this is a doll we all just saw like 48 yeah, it's hours actually ago. like deeply traumatizing <laughs> it was staring at us recently um, and like talking to us through yes. a spirit box yes unless that was dibic and, and then it literally told my girlfriend to not ask it a question don't don't it was actually quite scary and then i mirrored that exact same response and i was like allison get the fuck out You're of this like, room peggy is right <laughs> i was like Shh, just listen to her um bu- 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 oh yeah so the the priest blessed the doll twice and problems got worse she started getting sick and began hallucinating and this becomes a regular thing in the story and i want to give a warning that apparently one of her things is she actively makes people sick and not feel good so i want to like to anyone who is looking at a video or listening or hearing about her anything like that has any interaction with the knowledge of her so i would like to give a further warning that like if you start feeling sick or something you know just turn off this it's m's fault is that what you're saying yeah i just don't want to wait do you think that's why i got a cold sore when i got back to la well i can't tell you i (laughs) I got a pretty gnarly cold i'm telling you (laughs) like i'm feeling really fucking nauseous right now oh i'm feeling great okay (laughs) except for my cold sore well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I keep joking about Peggy and I feel like it's going to kick me in the ass. I don't know. We'll find out. But basically, like anyone who talks about Peggy or listens what, about what Peggy. What the fuck, M? Listen, I'm sorry. But like, as I'm talking about, it, I'm getting really fucking okay, nauseous. Okay, so okay. it's interesting just... that that's happening. But I think I've also just like placebo affected myself. I mean, I feel like that's very likely, but we'll hope we'll hope that's what it is. Knock so, on wood. so in 2015, Jane and her investigation team uh, began studying the doll and because they were studying it and they didn't have a lot of information to go off ex- off of except for that one note right she posted some pictures and videos of the doll on youtube and asked others like hey do you have any background information do you recognize this doll and while working um with peggy jane noticed herself feeling very drained and nauseous whenever she was around the doll and oh. she was like oh maybe like she just kept shrugging it off well apparently 
After only 24 hours of posting the pictures and the videos, over 80 people wrote in saying that after viewing Peggy, they had chest pains, nausea, oh. and migraines. Oh, my God. Some also reported having visions of mental institutions and unethical medical treatments. That Okay, that's worse. I'd rather have a migraine. That sounds awful. Terrifying. So this is over 80 people in 24 hours all saying just looking at this doll made me sick to my fucking and stomach. And I will say there are a lot of these weird doll videos on the internet. So yeah. So before you like go look at pictures of the stall, just that's why I left the warning because like anyone who somehow has a distant reaction, somehow like a lot of people don't feel well after the fact and hence my nausea right now. But I think I might've just like tricked myself into direct that. all angry emails at M. No, um, no, no. Um, so Jane more recently actually said it was 80 people in the first 24 hours, but now it has been over 200 people have come forward saying that Peggy caused them health problems. One woman actually also had a heart attack within minutes of viewing the YouTube video and she was healthy enough, never had any health problems. She looked at the YouTube video of Peggy and went to cardiac arrest two minutes later. What? Why did that guy let us? No wonder we signed so many waivers. Yeah. So... Peggy can also show up in dreams and predict tragedies. No. So people think, like, if she's predicting the tragedy, is she warning you of a tragedy or is she showing you that she's going to do this she's to like, you? She's like, haha, look. Yeah. So, for example, one person saw pictures of Peggy online, felt really sick all day, so she went to bed early, and she dreamt that Peggy was there petting one of her cats, and the next day in real life, her cat died. <gasps> oh, my God. No, M, no. Leave Junie alone. So several people have sent in messages saying that the doll was making them sick. And this was before there were any like news articles about it. So all these people ha- were not aware of everyone else's reports. It's not like these people were just like jumping on a bandwagon. Oh all God. these people without knowledge of everyone else were saying, hey, like I looked at your doll and then this shit happened. <laughs> Fuck um, you. So other reports that were very common and also they had no knowledge of each other is that just looking at the picture would make their computers freeze um rooms would go cold and light bulbs in the house would blow out whenever they mentioned the name of the doll like we have done 400 times one thought about peggy is that oh one one not one thought one person thought about peggy and as she thought about peggy in her own home her lights dimmed on and off and up and down like dimmed up and down but there was no dimmer switch which Mm. is something that he mentioned at, at the museum yeah and she, as soon as the lights dimmed all the way down, very slowly, by the way, like slowly went dark. So she knew what was happening. Fantastic! All of a sudden she felt someone was in the room with her behind her and she could hear them moving around in her house. Oh my God. She messaged Jane as it was happening because she knew she was alone and she had heard that there was some paranormal stuff about it. So she emailed Jane and at the exact same time this is happening, Jane gets the email grabs Peggy from the other room, puts her downstairs in an empty room and demands Peggy to stop bothering people like across the country or something like <laughs> Jane's like, Oh, I hear you're fucking with this person. Stop like it. Arkansas. Don't stop it. Leave Arkansas alone. And so apparently after she said stop right away, the room lighting got really, really bright and then faded back to normal lighting and the feeling of someone there had left. Well, at least that's good. Five psychic mediums all individually have met Peggy and said that the spirit in the doll was restless and frustrated and had been persecuted in life. Oh, that's sad. On separate occasions, mediums have said that there is both a male and a female around this doll. So truly gender neutral. So they, them, got it. And the female spirit in the body gave the doll the name Peggy. 
And the male, according to the mediums, will never step forward to talk. But his energy is the one that is felt, and it is dark and nasty. Just got chills. And it's believed that he is responsible for the string of negative experiences that people have reported. Mediums have also told or have also found that Peggy is possessed by a spirit of a woman that was born in 1946 in London, and she died of chest-related conditions, probably an asthma attack. And other mediums have also said that she could have been Jewish or had ties to the Holocaust. You know what automatic writing is? Yeah. So there's been a lot of automatic writing sessions on her. Where Should we explain? Do you want to explain? I know you're probably better at that. Mm, probably not. You basically open yourself up as a channel for either spirit. I mean, I've only done it with spirit guides, but you can also have like non-human entities that you kind of let write through you as a form of communication. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like like a meditative state. And then you look at the notepad later and see what you wrote. Right. So there've been a lot of automatic writing sessions, uh, with Peggy and, and the first one, uh, that they did was right after a different medium had said, Oh, she's might be Jewish and she might have ties to the Holocaust. So then they did an automatic writing session and a different medium on a different day got the words star and David. Whoa. And she didn't know. And she didn't know. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, interesting. That's similar to the Dybbuk box, which is also Holocaust related. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jane also felt that Peggy had demonstrated a dislike of the cross necklace that her former owner had put around her. Oh, so either she's a Jew or a demon (laughs) or both. I mean, I'm both. I was going to say, I'm not in any position to respond to that (laughs) whatsoever. But they said like, okay, so like Star of David, maybe that's why you hate the cross. Or maybe it's because you just have an aversion to religion altogether. Sure, but But they don't know which one. If you're being persecuted by Christians, sure, maybe you don't like the cross either. Sure, it makes sense. Makes sense. So um, also the mediums on their own sense that the woman spirit in in the doll had an intense aversion to, of course, clowns because <laughs> what they have that freaking thing in a giant house full of clowns i know i know great great <laughs> in her own room upstairs though at least she has her own little suite there in 2015 during a session with peggy jane actually got scratched by three claws and okay. a catholic priest came over and said use holy water weekly and recite the prayer of saint michael the archangel some say that the three scratches is a sign of a demonic presence and mocks the holy trinity Oh. Um, which would make sense because several mediums suggested the aversion to religion, which would also make sense to her hating the, the crucifix. And so. didn't Michael say he got three scratches in the demon house? Right? Yeah. Yep. Great. Good. So during one session, uh, one like uh, investigation, a woman in a totally different area became personally involved in the conversation and like of a of an automatic writing conversation. Oh, so like sure. she was on the other side of the world and somehow got involved in this session that was happening on the other side of the world. Like online. I'll show you. I'll explain. I'll explain. Okay. okay. So I don't know where this was. So I just wrote elsewhere in the world. Um, <laughs> elsewhere in the world. The seven seas. There's a, among the stars, there's a, a girl named Lindy and she saw Peggy online for the first time. Sorry. I know what this was. What? It was like dirt or something, but it landed. And I was like, is that a fucking fly? And I was about to think that this was some demonic shit. No. I was like, and we're done. Um, Okay. So anyway, Lindy saw Peggy online for the first time. So this is on the other side of the world among the stars. She's sitting on her couch. (laughs) Uh uh Her couch among the stars. Uh Uh-huh. And she is online and sees Peggy for the first time. And she said out loud something you just said. 
she looks really creepy. Oops. And so... Oh, no. Why did I do that? As she said that, Lindy's dog began to snarl at the corner of the room. Geo, stay away. And uh, started showing his teeth and grimacing, and, like, the hair on his back was all standing up. Like, he was, like, ready to attack something in right, the corner of the right. room. That's actually so scary. Lindy felt that someone was definitely there and also heard a child laugh in her empty apartment. Fantastic. And apologized out loud for t- calling Peggy creepy. It's a really sensitive doll. <laughs> and, and so immediately the dog stopped barking and was totally fine. Great. Good. Wendy shrugged it off. And then since she was already on that page, she also watched the video of Peggy. No, now you got to stop. And felt the urge out of nowhere to have a conversation that she had been putting off for a while with her daughter. Her daughter had been struggling from mental illness and it had been causing a lot of tension. Mm-hmm. And she had been afraid to start the conversation and didn't really know what to say. But after watching this video of Peggy... Something just overcame her where she had, like, no fear. There was, like, she said it was, like, energy less. Like, there was no, there was no emotion in the room. Like, she just, like, felt the need to, like, finish a just task. Just do it. Yeah. Sure. So she had been putting off that conversation, but she suddenly wanted to talk to her daughter about it. She told her daughter specifically, I want an explanation and I want to explain myself. And after everything in their recent history, she also said, I'm drawing the line and getting you help. So those are the two things, Whoa. the two senses that she said. Um, at the same time, on the other side of the world was an automatic writing session with the actual Peggy doll. And the things that came out scribbled on a note were Lindy, <gasps> girl, explanation, and draw a line. What the? F- at the exact same time. Frick. The only reason that she found that out is because later that night after the conversation, her like computer had been like sleep mode and she realized that tab was still open and it was like a, like a page following Peggy. I'm losing my So mind. she like saw like an updated post and it was a picture. It said like, we did an automatic writing session tonight and like this is what we found. And those are the only words on the notepad. So no. she found out like through Facebook that Peggy on the other side of the country was actually at her place and then relaying the information Stop in it. a session. At, like through the fucking computer. I yes. don't like this. So Jane. Don't Google this, people. <laughs> so everyone's like, who has Googled is like. Eva, can you Google it? Eva, goddammit! Burn the laptop. Eva! What if Eva brought... Okay. Eva, you're fired. Eva. In advance. (laughs) Uh, If I get another fucking cold sore tomorrow, you are so (laughs) gone. So Jane kept a log of all the evidence and experiences that happened while Peggy was in her ownership. Okay. Which lasted two years. And they found, while... Well, not Eva. Well, Eva was in their house. While Peggy, oh, oh no, she's becoming Eva. While Peggy was in their house, uh, they experienced EVPs, mysterious shadows, strange light anomalies, unexplainable numbers of deaths amongst animals, uh, uh, n- oh. EMF readings, witness testimonies, chairs shaking during group seances, insect infestation, physical scratches, specific messages related to individuals, which is like what um, what Lindy just Lindy, went through, right? Night terrors, disembodied footsteps, extreme changes in temperature, pets reacting aggressively, and continued reports of health concerns. That whole list I read verbatim off of a website. I don't want anyone thinking I plagiarized. That was like an exact no. list of everything. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not changing it. So in case anyone's like following along you on stole Google. a list off the internet. I don't want them to be like, you didn't make that up. And it's like, I know. Well, you shouldn't have made that up. It's probably a good thing you That's got true. it. That's true. Okay, this is just fact. It's so, facts, people. Get it together. <laughs> So in one other automatic writing session with Peggy, 
Um, Jane says that the pendulum started going crazy on its own. She couldn't even keep up and write down everything that she needed to. Oh, I should have got my pendulum. And Jane tried to take lots of notes. She was scribbling really fast, and she was excited after the fact to read back on everything that was said, but she got really tired, went to sleep, came back the next day, and the notebook was gone. Oh. Peggy was still sitting in the same spot that she oh, was the night no. before, but she was kind of shifted. No. And the notebook was now in the basement on top of an exposed beam on the ceiling. What? As if someone tried to hide the notebook. In a very specifically out of out of the way place. She had to get Jane had to get her husband on a ladder to get the notebook. <gasps> That's so creepy. So it's not like someone sleepwalked and like put right, it there. It's right. like you have to actually Oh no. So many believe that Peggy did not want Jane to tell others the notes that she had taken during the session. So over time we have discovered that Peggy hates people asking questions about her hates people so when you're taking notes Wait, about her so when michael is like hey ask her some questions it's exactly. like hold on i'm glad we didn't it's like oh michael you are just trying to set us up even for you and i were just like like usually i'm like no it's fun we'll try it but i was like i, I remember I looking won't. you in the eyes and i was like do we do this or not and then both of us were like okay no we don't we were like, looked at <laughs> each other like absolutely not as i said like do we do this all of a sudden she said dibbick and we were like okay she knows where we were and conversation so basically she hates people trying to figure out where she came from, what her deal was, which also makes sense because when they like in the beginning posted a video saying like, hey, does anyone have any information? Everyone that even got to look at her for five seconds got ill. Like she doesn't <laughs> want anyone knowing right, anything about right. her. Quite the defense mechanism. Wish I had that. Um, Just like force people to feel sick and funny. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. So in 2016, Jane and Peggy, Jane carried Peggy like a baby doll. Cute. And carried her into the zach baggins museum and they were featured on the zach baggins deadly possessions i have a gift and a curse and glasses and i am zach bag <laughs> and i would wash jeans and 50 dollars signatures my signature is worth millions but i'll give it to you for 50 dollars <laughs> 34.99 to be exact because i am possessed and i live a difficult life so during interviewing on deadly possessions which i watched the whole episode you can find this online um during interviewing jane originally walked in with peggy with a bag over the doll's head but that seems Be ominous as fuck well because anytime anyone looks at peggy she gets sick they and they, vomit and she knew that like this doll's about to be on camera she's like if zach vomits on his 80 dollars bedazzled shirt we're all gonna be in big trouble <laughs> you sorry. said it not me i'm sorry i love you zach i'm sorry i have a i love you so much that i hate you <laughs> does that make sense no you want it's like the michael scott syndrome you want him to fear how much you love him i thank you yeah. i also he rejected me a long time ago oh here comes the police now god it's damn literally it. zach Baggins what have like, i done my personal ambulance has driven <laughs> from vegas at the speed of light i got a sense that something was amiss <laughs> and i was being spoken of in a negative way anyway so peggy has a hood <laughs> on her zach face baggins and i can't i love him so much i hate him okay go on. zach baggins okay <laughs> on deadly possessions help me. jane brought peggy on with a bag over her head zach literally says what's with the bag and, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. jane is like anyone that looks at this doll has a risk of either you know having a migraine or having cardiac arrest so like oh fuck well you knew this in so this he's story. like put this on display well so he was like oh i'm glad you put the fucking bag on so our like our audience doesn't like accidentally get sick and so then he like you can see him questioning like you know i obviously i'm curious like i want to see the doll but with a warning like that i don't know if i should show it on camera so they don't put the 
they don't take the hood off of the doll right away. They just kind of have an interview while they can still look at each other well, and nothing's going on. It's just the face of the doll that messes people up. Yeah, it's like looking into the doll's eyes, essentially. Sure, okay. But so he's just currently talking to Jane with the doll on her lap. And Zach begins asking questions, which we know Peggy hates. And so as this is happening, while the face is still covered, swarms of flies start manifesting no. out of nowhere and only on Zach and no one else. <laughs> and you can see it happening like i watched it happen granted fuck? like granted there's movie magic you can get like a fucking like animal trainer in there with some fucking flies and throw them at zach i get I, it i train but, flies like well I, I don't know who does it i would imagine an animal trainer is involved with like living creatures i'm a fly trainer and so, oh but like you could definitely tell like he's That's the only crazy. one and you can see like the flies hitting his forehead and he's like swatting them like he didn't plan that right i'm thinking so Swarms of flies show up out of nowhere. They're not bothering anybody. They're truly just only on him. So unless they like dunked his shiny, greasy hair in sugar water first. It's entirely possible. But yes, I agree. That's really creepy. So then Zach is saying that, you know, he's curious. He wants to see Peggy's face and show the audience. And then the video feed on his camera alone shuts down and won't turn back on. What? Um, the video feed on the camera facing Zach goes black while all other feeds are not messed with and the oh, camera did not no. stop recording. Oh, and they were no. all through the same like plug, like all the wires are crossed over. So like they should have all shut off, but only the one on a close up of Zach goes out. And so either Peggy doesn't want people to see her and shuts off the feed of the person that might be responsible for that. Or she was implying that she was pissed at Zach by taking him off the camera and no one else, which could mean like, oh, like instead of like turning off the camera it's like oh i'm gonna like fuck like it's like a a threat like, like cut you off from yeah me. well and also with the flies it makes sense like yeah i'm so, targeting you yeah so sure. there were like he, he was asking questions now there's flies on him and his feed gets taken off oh no do they get on his new glasses don't sigh at me so either so anyway okay so zach asked to see decides that he wants to see peggy but he actually makes a content warning much like i just did because i want to be zach baggins and me too let's be real <laughs> and it's the first and only currently the first and only content warning for a show that viewers might get sick or die from paranormal experiences you might die but truly when we i'm not even kidding when we went to this museum renee who's in law school was just like i'm not fucking saying this is this if i die it's not their fault and i was like yeah that's a little sketch it's like if you die from paranormal exposure we didn't do it yeah it like <laughs> comic sans it's not really comic sans but you just wish it was it seems pretty much like that so it was the first paranormal content warning on tv That's they did wild. take the hood off of the doll and to be fair like all three of us were in that room that thing did you go in the room even didn't Eva's go in smart he was okay he was a little bitch no <laughs> even just fucking googled it in our studio she goes i'm not gonna look at it in person but i'll bring it here yeah bring it in uh but no so we went in like whether maybe it's because we're just like diehard believers and well, so we're like more to prone to it. it i was like i don't want to like but it's super creepy it is the beyond i mean i didn't see the photo I actually didn't look it up. it's also oh, creepy the way they're screaming at her she didn't even look it's it also creepy that it's the way that it's set up the way that's decorated in there it's incredibly empty except for you and her across the hall across the room and you hear the sound of like a constant spirit it's box, a spirit box so it's like it's like um it's really jolting feedback like, and like um what do you call it static and yeah. uh what's the frequency radio frequencies yeah, just like it's just really jarring and it's like her it's, and she's a big ass doll yeah it's a good thing peggy don't be mad yeah thick is in thick is in um, she's a thick doll so <laughs> oh boy oh boy oh boy That's so the title for after the he's anyway after he saw her face 
he had to take a break from filming. He like he stops the producers from filming because he had to get violently sick. <gasps> and then he got so angry that he started trying to punch the walls of his own building that we just were in. And he you can hear him saying, I want to kill everyone. He ended up <laughs> sitting down. He calmed down. He went outside. He took a took a minute. Um, he <laughs> fed some birds. He took a breath. He readjusted his glasses, had a cigarette, and he ended up interviewing not just Jane with the doll, but he came back in and also interviewed the woman who had a heart attack from the video. <gasps> and she broke down in tears and she said that it still haunts her every day. And whenever she thinks about it, she can feel Peggy staring into the back of her <sighs> eyes. <gasps> the back of her eyes? Yes. So she's like in her brain? I guess like in her head. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, in the, in the show, it, she said, it still haunts me every day and I can feel Peggy is always watching me. But then in another interview, I got the eye comment and I was like, Ooh, that one's juicier. Yeah. Uh, so I got that way creepier. So then they decided to do a seance on the show and the Good. chairs started to shake and you could see a chair rattling by itself. Um, there was a typewriter in the background. You can hear it typing all on its own. And the candles began to flicker violently one by one so like if there's a row of candles they in theory should all look the same or flicker the same speed right but one at a time like this one would go really crazy and then this one over here would go really crazy and then the one in the middle would go really crazy yeah, no that's like something was like moving them individually in a session alice was used alice is a um it's kind of like the ovalis spirit box it's a software program though it's instead of like this it's like on your computer it, doesn't it talk like a robotic voice or something yeah and like the words actually show up it's the same kind of concept in that there's a dictionary built in and it reads yeah. through the waves and then like shows you what but it's, it's saying. like a more robotic voice than like a, yeah okay and it's also like one of the better software programs out there and it starts with like ten thousand words in its database and Let's then you can like get it i would love to but it only goes off of pcs what the fuck i've already looked into it that's computerist and so basically using alice they decided that they were going to get an alice and they were going to set up the spirit box and the very first word that showed up in the room with the doll they start they started this the software the very first word that comes out is peggy ah! of ten thousand words peggy's the first one that comes the out fuck? in 2017 after the deadly possessions has aired Zach purchased Peggy from Jane, and she now lives in Vegas in his haunted museum, which we know. She has oh, I her... thought you meant Jane. I was like, where? Purchased Peggy from Jane. No, I thought Jane lives oh, in no, the museum. No, no, no. Okay, got <laughs> Oh, Phew. my God. That would have been... I was like, was and she the person who jumped out at me in the clown section? No, okay. <laughs> um, and so Peggy now lives in Vegas in the haunted museum that we just saw. Yes. She has her own room with a 24-7 spirit box feed being recorded to catch anything she says, whether she's with people or alone. And guests who meet her, as we already talked about, are warned that she may look like a girl, but Zach believes something never human to begin with possesses the doll. And you are warned that you will feel ill near her and you must say hello and goodbye to close off any sure. attachment. Um, my favorite story that I heard about Peggy while we were at the museum is I asked our tour guide when I got downstairs, what are some of the things you've heard come out of the spirit box to people? And uh, his favorite one is that like there was like a real dick of a guest that he came in who was like mocking the ghosts and all that and was saying like oh you don't scare me you don't scare me went into peggy's room and apparently his thing is he's never allowed to be mean he to the guests jag -off. yeah he called him a jag off he said like he can't he's not allowed to like entirely be mean to them and he was like look if the entities want to do something 
that's fine but i'm not allowed to so i usually just like leave it up to the spirits if they want to defend themselves right so this guy his problem so this guy went into the peggy room and was like oh you can't scare me you can't scare me and so like a spirit box feed is really jarring and really loud and like really does not stop for anything and he heard the spirit box stop making interference noises and then in a distorted voice go i'm going to kill you (laughs) and then go back to the spirit box sound yeah he was like i usually only hear one word at a time and then it just went i'm going to kill you and then the entire ride back um to los angeles renee just kept turning to me with her sunglasses on and going i'm going to kill you and i was like that's not funny but then we passed peggy's every time we passed a billboard for peggy's diner we all went hello peggy goodbye peggy because we were so fucking freaked out so i'm going to end this with the fact that i was doing these notes and while I was doing these notes, not only did I get an aggressive migraine because oh, shit. I get my notes from copy and pasting notes from Google, as we all know, which means I had to see a lot of pictures of Peggy. And oh, I don't know if shit. it was placebo. I don't know if I primed myself or I don't if know. those paranormal sites have like a lot of like 90s flashing. Who knows? On. I had a crazy migraine. I felt sick to my stomach, to be honest. And I usually like I mean, I read a lot of stuff and nothing ever really makes me nauseous. And so I don't know if just by reading this subliminally, I got really nauseous. Sure. But I was like. Okay, that's weird. And so I had just finished my notes, went to bed, and I experienced my first sleep paralysis. No! Sorry, that was so loud. But what we just talked about in the listener episode, how you literally said, I pray I never get sleep paralysis. So I didn't have it nearly as bad as anyone has ever had it. So I'm very lucky in my experience. Mine have always been mild too. knock on wood. What happened? Um, I woke up. I dreamt I don't I don't remember the exact story but I know that I thought I was walking around I could I I thought I was walking around I could see a doll in the corner of my eye hold on the entire time just staring at me I tried to run and then I ended up like doing that thing where I thought I was awake but I was actually still dreaming and I was lying next to Allison I was sleeping next to Allison oh my god and I felt like something pressing against me. No, this is worse. While than, I was lying in bed, worse than mine. Then I actually like knew what must be going on. I knew the like because I could, and the whole time, the whole time that this is happening, which is the exact story from the previous owner that sent the doll to Jane, that even though she never saw the doll in the dream, the entire time all she could hear was, was like, Peggy's think name. About the, oh, all fuck. I did the entire time was think about Peggy the doll. And then you still had the guts to do this story? And then I fucking, like, in my dream, all I could do was think about the doll. And then I was lying down next to Alice, and I actually had woken up at this point, and I knew I was awake. I could not open my eyes You're to frozen. save me. I was frozen. Oh, fuck. I knew in my gut it was 3 a.m. I knew it was. I didn't even have to check. I knew it fucking was. Good, good. And I could not move. And I remember trying to open my mouth to scream for Allison to wake me up. Em, what the fuck? And here's the the creepiest part. Like when I finally woke up and got my eyes to open because I didn't see anything. Just prepare everyone. I didn't see anything because I was facing the wall that does not have my door. So I was like facing thank like God, thank my God, wall. Thank God. But I remember waking up and I was sleeping next to Allison. I I had my eyes open, but I couldn't say anything. Right. And I remember telling myself to just close my eyes because I was like, I've heard a million stories. Gotta cl- that's what I do. I was too. like, I, I know I'm just supposed to close my eyes, so I'm just going to close you don't my see eyes. anything. But I'm also like, I'm actually awake in real life now. I'm not having. A yeah, sleep. yeah. So I was like, just in case I'm dreaming and I don't know it, I'm just going to keep my eyes closed. But I know I'm coherent right now. For some reason, I can't move my fucking body. 
but I know I'm coherent. I know I'm awake. I know Allison's right next to me. I was like trying to tap her. And the creepiest part was that every single night out of OCD, so without fail, I always lock my bedroom door before I go to bed. And as I'm lying next to Allison and I'm looking at the wall that is not facing the door, I hear the door creak open. Stop it. Stop it. And I literally just chanted the Lord's Prayer until I fell asleep. Stop it. I just chanted the Lord's Prayer. And then I woke up the next day and told Allison and she went, whoa. And I was like, fuck you. That's what happened when I had sleep paralysis and I literally was like awake and it was 11 a.m. And I was like, I guarantee I'm going to see his fucking like hag or whatever you're supposed to see. So I was like, I'm just going to close my eyes and wait. And Gio was on my bed walking around and I was like, I'm frozen. I cannot move. Yeah. And thankfully it was the middle of the day. But that's what I always thought was like, if you close your eyes, nothing can happen. But like hearing your fucking door open that I know is locked is beyond. And then after I woke up, I turned over and the door was still open. It was open. It was mother fucking hell. Anyway. And why? Why would you do this? Why would you <laughs> so, do this to I'm us? I'm not saying Peggy. I'm not. For all I know, it's the placebo effect. But also, that shit has never fucking happened before, and now it's happened. And it's not like you're studying. Like when I first, so I only had sleep paralysis twice. And when I did have it, it was because I was like heavily reading about it and studying it and researching it. And it was like on my I brain. I actively don't think about it. Right. And it wasn't I like you were researching it. that. It was like you were researching an adjacent to, Oh, it's so creepy. Em, I'm sorry. That's awful. What night was this? Monday? Tuesday? Yeah. Monday night. Fuck. And just to, I, this is a, a kind of a sharp left turn, but I, at the same time, in the same vein, would like to give you a Deirdre update about the ghost in her house. Oh, I want, listen, I want a Deirdre update. So I know this is kind of like a totally different direction, but also the same direction in that anyone who's been keeping up knows that Deirdre's house is crazy haunted. And you've experienced stuff there too. Yeah, the poltergroping. Poltergroping. Um, so all we know, and just to give you guys an update, or just to give you like a little backstory if you're new, is that my best friend Deirdre, she lives in a house in D.C., there has been something in her room that only pays attention to her room and nobody else. And she lives in a house with like five or six other people. Cute. Nobody else ever experiences anything. The main thing she experiences is someone knocking on her door to be let inside. And she always thought it was one of her roommates. So she just opened the door and no one would be there. Um, eventually the knocking got wildly loud, like obvious someone's knocking on the door. She couldn't be mistaking it would open the door. No one was there. When I spent the night, I absolutely, someone grabbed me and I thought it was Deirdre make like joking with me. Like someone grabbed your butt, right? Yeah. But also Deirdre would absolutely grab my butt. Right. So you- and so like, I was like, nice move Deirdre. And then she was on the other side of the bed. And she's like, what the fuck? And she was like, about? what are you talking about? And I said, someone grabbed me. And she's like, oh yeah, there's a ghost here, by the shining, way. <laughs> shining the flashlight. And you're like, I feel someone touching my butt and there's nobody yeah. touching my as butt. A, as a light is on the butt, I still felt pressure. And then I felt a release as I was looking at it. That, see, that's wild. Um, so anyway, so she's experienced some things and it's just gotten really creepy. And basically she's moving out right now, moved her bed, and there is a body decomposition stain on the floor. <gasps> Wait, underneath her bed? Yeah. What? What do you mean? Like on the hardwood floor, whoa, there are whoa, whoa, whoa. like the body oils of decomp. What do you, what does that mean? Like, have you seen, like, a, like a body stain yeah, but, on a but, floor? but does that mean that someone died there? Or, like, this is a weird, like... No, like, someone died in her room. And was there a bit... Like, how did she not see that when she moved in? I think there was a rug when she first got there. What? So, that- so there's a... So the... Okay, wow. I don't know what to do with this information. I'm sorry. I'm so overwhelmed. Wait. And so, Deirdre and I have both had really rough weeks. <laughs> she just found a fucking decomp... 
yeah. outline underneath her bed. Yeah. Of a dead body. Yeah. And she was like, thank God, like, I found this as I'm moving out. <sighs> so anyway, that would explain why only her room has experienced this shit. And has someone being like, let me into my room. And someone was like, touching me in bed because it was where their bed used to be. Well, maybe not because their body was there. Unless they died under their bed. I don't know what's going on. None of it's funny. It's just all bad. Um, what the actual hell? So, sharp left turn, but also, like, a quick right turn back. So, there, there's all that. I'm going to have... I'm going to sue you tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, nobody sue me. I gave you content warnings in the beginning. So you, yeah, I'm going to sue you anyway, because you forced me into this room to listen to this shit. Yeah, you have the right, and Eva has the right. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace Courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Drops of Jupiter. Drops of Jupiter. Drops of Jupiter in her hair. We just put some ads in there, and also we just spent the last 45 minutes talking about our mother. So And complaining that Allison's wrong. We don't ever just powwow. No, we don't ever do anything but do the podcast. Exactly. Allison's downstairs waiting. This is the story. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. This is, I'm very excited about this one. This is loosely Vegas-related. Mm, but it kind of... Kansas sp- City Butcher? Kind of spun out. No, please, no. I cannot do that. Okay, this but is, I don't know. It's just like a loosely Vegas related story. This is the story of Mary Vincent. And actually, I was on the, and that's why we drink subreddit, which by the way, everybody should go check out. I think it's called ATWWD podcast on Reddit. And I am a crazy person who sometimes trolls the site and everyone's just so like fun and nice and sometimes post pictures of Geo and like Aww. drawings of Geo and like 
mostly I just look at the geo stuff, but there's yep. also like um, people throw out suggestions or like what episode should I start on and people like compare episodes. It's really fun and really positive. So check it out. Um, so this actually someone tagged. Of course, I went in and fucking commented on something with my like secret username and they were I like, I can't stand you. This is Christine. Now everyone knows that one of the names is fake. It's a Fall Out Boy reference. So Jesus. obviously everyone was like, hi, Christine. <laughs> uh, and then someone tagged me <laughs> in a post on like a um it was like a true crime subreddit and it was like uh what are some crazy stories that are real that are true crime and someone tagged me and said like hey christine you should check this out and i was like oh i know this one and hell yeah i'm gonna do this this week so this is the story of mary vincent i got a lot of this information from a website called mama mia.au well that's probably what you say after like mama mia you're like mama mia indeed and an episode of Once Upon a Crime, which is a podcast that I've recently gotten into. Okay. Let's just go. Do you know the story at all? Mm-mm. Okay, fantastic. So Mary Vincent grew up in Las Vegas. Okay. That's the only title, Las Vegas. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Really? Got it. Okay, okay. <laughs> in the late 60s, early 70s, as the middle child of seven kids in a military family. She had a rebellious streak, was kind of struggling at home. Um, when she was 15, her sister basically said, dad has a migraine and he's coming home and he's pissed at you. Mm. And so she said for her own safety and her own life, she just kind of took off. Um, she ran away for a short period of time, kind of lived like she spent a few days like living under like park benches. Like she lived with her uncle for a couple days. And then after a few days, she basically was like, I feel homesick. I want to go home. Like I needed to get away for a few days, but this is not what I want to be doing. So she decided to head back to um, Las Vegas to go home to her family so on the morning of september 29th 1978 mary decides to hitchhike her way back from california to her family in nevada she's standing on the side of the road with two other hitchhikers and they're holding the same signs that basically say like heading south Mm -hmm. um when and they're in modesto california when a man drives up in an empty van so they look in, the, ma- the van is empty, there's one bag in there, but it's like pretty empty. But he says, um, I only have room for one of you, and mm. it's, it's, for, it's for you, it's for the girl, it's for Mary. And um, the other hitchhikers are like, yo, this is sketchy, like, don't get in. Right. Um, you know, we'll wait, we'll wait, someone else will come along. And she's like, to be honest, like, I just wanted to go home, I'm exhausted. It's been a long couple days, all I want to do is go home, it's getting dark. So she hops in the car. The man uh, who picks her up, his name is Larry Singleton. He's a 51-year-old merchant mariner with blue overalls, a bulging stomach, and a flat, bulbous nose. Huh. Hot. Flat and bulbous. Interesting. Like, it's literally, like, flat and then just, like... Oh, I see, I see. Big and... Bulbous on the sides. Flat on the front. Bulbous. Um, So almost right away, things get weird. Mary... So at one point, Mary sneezes, and this guy, Larry, reaches over to feel her neck nope and ask if she's sick woof and so she like pulls herself away and is clearly like well i'd be like uh-huh <laughs> literally i have spit in his eyes diseases i have the flu and now you have them too right so she's like she makes it clear like whoa i'm not interested i'm 15 right. don't touch me and he's like oh okay sorry and leaves her alone so she's exhausted, but he, she realizes he's a creep, but she's exhausted. And she's like, you know what? He's like kind of a tubby grandpa type. He says he has a 15 year old daughter, like yeah, who's who my age. Okay. She's like, whatever. I'm, he's not like a huge threat. And so he kind of leaves her alone. She's like, all right, we'll just keep an eye on it. So 
then she falls asleep. Problem. When she wakes up, uh, she realizes they've been driving east, not west toward Los Angeles. So she sees oh, goodbye. the highway signs, and she's like, we are not going the right direction. So, smart girl. She grabs a sharp object from the floor of the car, brandishes, at, brandishes it at him, and demands an explanation. And he immediately apologizes. He says, quote, I'm an honest man who made a mistake. I'm not going to hurt you. Completely freaked out by her, like, right. brandishing this sharp object at him. Um, so he actually does turn the car around. She's like, this is not the right direction. He's like, okay, sorry, I made a mistake. Turns the car around, is going the right direction. She's like, all right, let's her car done. A little while later, Larry pulls over and says uh, he has to relieve himself. So he pulls off. Um, he says he can't wait till the next town. He has to do it now. So Mary at this point is like, um, things are not great. I feel like I'm maybe in trouble. And she realizes, like, now's a good chance to run away. Right. So she is about to get out of the car. She looks down and realizes her shoe is untied. She's like, if I want to outrun this guy, I got to, like, tie my shoe first. So she, I already hate this. <laughs> she opens the passenger door, bends down to tie her shoe. Next thing she knows, as she's bending down, Larry picks yep. a sledgehammer, mm. bashes her in the back of the head with the sledgehammer, and she's out. When she wakes up a while later... Um, she's in the back of the van. She's tied up. Uh, Larry forces her to perform oral sex on him, but that's not enough. So he rapes her six times throughout the rest of the night. She's there all night tied up, only stopping to force her to drink alcohol from a milk jug, which that's just its own type of gross, (laughs) which is its own fucking nasty shit. Um, when he falls asleep, she still can't escape because she's bound so tightly that she's just and fucking hit in the head with a sledgehammer but she's like trying to escape but she's tied so right, tightly right. yeah so she like i mean just like it's multiple reasons oh yeah, yeah yeah so she just can't get out and she's obviously injured and mm-hmm. and is is stuck so he you know wakes up and comes in and out of sleep and she keeps pleading with him just set me free over and over again she says she won't tell if, if he'll just set me free hours later larry finally unties her um, he gets out of the truck and she's like finally free, free from her binds. Uh, and he grabs a hatchet and he says to her, you want to be free? I'll set you free. And he starts swinging the hatchet at her. Um, he first hits her left arm and completely severs it at the elbow. <sighs> she realizes her arm is missing her. There's just blood coming out and she's like i feel everything um she notices her arm is missing and she's bleeding profusely so she grabs him with her other arm to steady herself then starts just kicking and screaming and trying to fight him off right all of a sudden she starts falling backwards and she's like how is this possible and then she kind of like through a haze looks up at him and realizes he's severed her right arm but it's still holding on to his arm like her arm is still so he severed both arms yeah and And she realized she was falling back and as she's falling back she sees that the arm she thought she was grabbing on is separated from her body he's like flinging he she sees him flinging his arm around and she's like what like kind of in a haze and she realizes her right arm is the muscles contracted and Uh are like grasping onto his arm yeah exactly and are is severed from her body so she's on the ground now no arms and he's trying to fling the other arm off of his own arm. So I, I hear what's happening. Okay. Yeah. So she's bleeding profusely. Um, she basically said, I felt everything. I was aware of everything. Fuck. Um, 
After the attack, Mary's still conscious, but she's completely limp, obviously, uh-huh. just like completely right. out of it. And Larry thinks she's dead. So he starts dragging her body. How is she? Oh, by the way, how is she with that blood loss? How is she? Okay, that's just a miracle on its own. Yeah, so she's still alive. Okay. And and still conscious. That's the wild thing. Like, oh, my God. Like, you'd think you your body would be like, bye, yeah. and shut down. My body would. I would allow oh, that. Oh, for sure. I'd be like, okay, let's let's kick the bucket I here. I mean, the second I'm in a car and I'm like, I'm uncomfortable, I feel like my body's like, peace. Yeah. We're <laughs> like, out of here. We are now disassociating. We and don't it's fine. want anything to do with this. Right. So she's... <sighs> so she is still conscious. Um, but she's completely still, and he thinks she's dead. So he begins to drag her body through the dirt. Uh, he drags her to the edge of a cliff. Uh, he says, I'll set you free. And then he tosses her over the edge of the cliff, 30 feet to the bottom. She falls down the edge of the cliff, breaks four ribs on the way down. Um, and remember, she doesn't have arms to right, stop, to stop her, her fall. So- oh, no. Um, so she breaks four ribs. And when she uh, hits the bottom, Larry's still not done. He climbs down to the bottom of the embankment, drags her body to a nearby cave to hide it, and then just leaves her there stranded. How, okay, here's a, here's a question, though. How did he know the cave was there? No, he just wandered around. He saw, like, Oh, a, I was like, does he just, like, n- no, do this often? I think it was more like he just went down there to be like, okay, she's too visible. Got it. Okay. And then kind of dragged her to somewhere that was and more... And then found a cave. More hidden, like a... I hear you. Some sort of brush or something. Drag, I mean, it's not important. I was just under it. Um, so she's down there. Uh, it's nighttime. And basically, um, she's lying there. And... All she wants to do is fall asleep. It's night. She's fucking losing blood. She's like been through the most torturous night of her life. Um, And she suddenly hears a voice that she says comes from outside of her and inside of her all at once. She hears a voice that says, get up and get help or someone else will die. Oh. And she basically hears this isn't like it's almost like this isn't for you. This is for any other woman that he could do this to. Right. So she basically said now. Yeah, she basically said, it's on you to, like, fix this before it happens to it's someone like, else. It's like, wow, no pressure. Like, I've already had just the fucking sure, worst time. Sure. And she said, like, she thinks it's her conscience being like, stay awake, stay awake, stay awake. Right, like, maybe, like, high adrenaline. Yeah, like, um, like, one way to stay awake instead of being, like, because she said my own self wanted to just go to sleep and die and just... Right. But she's like... I mean, I, this is just conjecture on my part, but I feel like it was a way of being like of her keeping herself up and keeping being like, alive. well, this isn't about you. It's about someone else. And it w- drove her to stay awake and, and get up. So obviously all she wants to do is drift off, go to sleep. But she manages to pull herself up, stay awake. She rolls her elbows where her arms had been severed in the mud to pack the wounds. OK, I mean, smart. OK, to stem the bleeding because no no no, i get it i'm just thinking like that's some macgyver shit that i wouldn't have oh completely yeah yeah would have not thought to do that so she sees mud and she's like okay i'll just pack the wounds with with mud and it'll stem the bleeding while i try to because she's my thought would be like oh the mud would be like would dirty it and like make it more like infected i know that's like in my head i'd be like oh avoid mud i do the exact opposite be dead so fast yeah i would just so be dead (laughs) but yeah so she I mean, she literally said at one point, like, the blood is just oozing out of her body. And she's like, I knew how much I was losing blood. And it was, like, contributing to, like, losing consciousness. Right. So she is like, I need to stop the blood loss. And she can't. She doesn't have arms. Right, So she just, like, shoves them in the mud to to stop the bleeding. And then she um, hauls herself up the cliff. Takes her all night to get up this fucking cliff. Yeah, without arms. Yeah. She drags herself up this cliff. Jesus. 
she hears the sound of um, traffic in the distance, and she's like, I just need to get to the sound of traffic. Um, she, once she gets to the roadway, she begins to walk upright on her legs with her arms raised so that the muscles and blood wouldn't fall out of her wounds. God. So she's walking with, like, half her arms, whatever's left of them. And remember, she's completely nude because she's been sexually assaulted right. numerous times. So she's completely nude. Her arms have been cut off, drenched in blood and mud and dirt is just wandering along the side of the highway with her arms up in the air so that she can, like, stem the bleeding. She walked three miles along the roadway in search of help. Uh, The first car she encounters is a red convertible with two men inside, and when she called to them, they sped off in fear. I mean, I know this is really fucked up, but imagine, like, a bloody, dirty, naked woman without arms. She said she could never blame them because she looked like something out of a horror movie yeah walking covered in blood and dirt yeah truly yeah. she and, like, literally arms said have been chopped off and she's naked and- yeah she literally said like of course they sped away in fear yeah right exactly fortunately the next car she encountered was a couple on their honeymoon <gasps> who oh, no. had just so happened to take the wrong exit so she's walking miles before she sees any cars this couple just happened to take the wrong exit they saw her immediately stopped And all she could say to them was, he raped me. So they wrapped her in towels, placed her in the back of the car, and then sped to a phone to call paramedics. After that, she was airlifted to a hospital because she had lost too much blood to to wait for an ambulance. Um, It turns out she had lost half the blood in her entire body. And what was left had become toxic. Because of the dirt? No. I just wanted to be right scientifically. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i was like no. i knew it i knew it just because she was so low on blood no that makes sense it just wasn't enough to sustain her technically but how is a person alive with half of their blood gone that is a true miracle it turns out she was just like young and healthy enough to like and she said my will to survive was just so strong that she was like i don't fucking care like Jeez. i will make it so so at the hospital uh mary was able to give a detailed description of larry singleton uh the composite sketch was so realistic that larry's neighbor recognized him immediately and called the police (gasps) so he's arrested pretty much immediately after this happens and that following march in 1979 a couple months later he's sentenced to 14 years in prison and that's all which is the maximum sentence allowed at the time for kidnapping attempted murder forcible rape sodomy forced oral copulation and quote mayhem but like taking someone's arms off (laughs) that's mayhem oh my god mayhem i don't know what mayhem is but you got to get more than 14 years for some mayhem i'm sorry and the judge at the time said i would put him in jail for the rest of my life if the legal if the justice system allowed it so it wasn't like the judge's fault or anything it was just the way the legal system was set out set up it's the 70s so mayhem and the judge basically was like if it were up to me he would have been there for the rest of his life got it there's nothing he can do uh mary herself uh was there at the trial she meanwhile had been fitted with prosthetics and was like trying to live her new life with them she had to testify against larry during the trial she was so scared and traumatized that she couldn't she could hardly look at him um obviously right uh but meanwhile he claimed during the trial that mary was a quote ten dollar a night whore (gasps) and that he had not done anything to her in fact, he blamed anything that may have happened to her on another person he claimed was also in the car who happened to also be named Larry. Uh-huh. So basically, he invented another fucking hitchhiker. So he created his own doppelganger. Who's named after him? Couldn't and even pick, like, Gary This Once Upon Harry. a Crime, I listened to the Once Upon a Crime episode, and she's like, 
that's the most Freudian bullshit I ever heard. I like, like, talk about a fucking Larry. ego. Oh, his name was Larry. Like, what his the name f- is Barry. Oh, just kidding. It's my name. It's my right, name. right. Ego. Exactly. It's like you can't even admit that it was somebody different enough to lie about. Like, Larry it's just- is literally a name you can rhyme with almost any. Like Terry, Harry Potter. Perry. Exactly. Sherry. I'm gonna stop. But like, my point is proven. Mary is her name. Dun dun dun. So many opportunities. Listen, let's rhyme. Well, done. Okay. Um, bada 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 ba. So he's like, oh no, Larry did that. And they're like, you're Larry. He's like, no, the other Larry. <laughs> like, truly so psychotic, so nuts. And then, so she testifies against him, is just completely terrified, and he's calling her whore, and like, it's her fault, da da da. As she's leaving the courthouse, she has to pass him inches away from his body. Like, she has to walk past him, and she's like, still, you know, 16 years old, 15 years old. And she's like, walking past him. And as she passes, uh, he whispers, if it's the last thing I do, I'll finish the job. And oh she God. just goes completely white and just runs out of the courtroom and is like, I can't do this. So she runs out. And at this point, uh, Mary begins the long task of recovery. She moves back in with her parents, really struggling. Um, a lot of her old friends are, you know, kind of treating her weird and different. So she's lost a lot of relationships and friends. She feels obviously isolated, depressed, like she's going through trauma um, you know, I don't want to make any assumptions, but it's like 19, the late 1970s. I imagine maybe the mental health system is not as right up to par as maybe it is today. But yeah, so she's really, really struggling. She's just living with her parents. She later said her parents really weren't great at helping her cope with this. So Larry, meanwhile, like I said, was sentenced to 14 years. But guess what? He only served eight. Um, because oh, fucking a he, uh had good behavior in prison he was a model prisoner so that's good for him yeah um so let's let that sink in um and then mary meanwhile had moved during those eight years had moved away to live like she wanted to just get away from everything so she lived an isolated life away from the press um but when larry got out on parole she kind of like snapped and reached this new level of fear that she had been living with she became anorexic she had trouble leaving the house her relationships with her friends and family were in shambles um the only news about this is that when he did get on parole nobody would let him move to their town so every single town in california would protest so they protested left and right they rioted they stopped him from joining society they called him out on every they called the police out they called him out um in every town they tried the police tried to like or the what is it neighborhood watch jail system i don't know whoever tried to place him in a new parole but like they wouldn't let him they it was so bad actually that they had to actually set up a trailer on the grounds of san quentin prison for him to live on during his parole because anywhere else towns just wouldn't let him be a part of their society wow so how come we all can't just get together and stand up like that for every single person who deserves that exactly i don't understand exactly exactly yeah so i mean he's on parole he cannot live anywhere because no one will let him move in which is amazing because it's again like the 80s yeah and like nowadays you know you got the internet to propagate we should really be able to do it now exactly exactly for some reason that's not happening no exactly so he had to live (laughs) on the grounds of the prison to even fulfill his parole and he had like a mandatory security assignment which kind of sucks because it's like these people are doing security yeah for him to protect him and it's like he's just such a garbage human so he still claimed this entire time that he was innocent he had nothing to do with mary's rape and mutilation you know it was the other larry's fault obviously um but guess what it gets worse 
Larry decides to f- fucking sue Mary. Why? He says he remembers Mary threatening to accuse him of rape and that she had brandished a sharp stick at him in the car. He decides that's the reason he had become violent and that he had been mistreated by the court. So he filed a complaint suing Mary for forcible kidnap for the purposes of robbery. So, so in a state where every <laughs> single person has defended this girl, he thinks that now, now if he's he, going to sue. He's going to sue and they're all going to be on his side all of a sudden. Oh, yeah. He's going to get some compensation out of it. Of course, he says this is extremely difficult for him because he has such sympathy for Mary. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah, he says he. This is so hard. He says after filing this this suit against Mary, he didn't sleep for several nights and he kept vomiting because he was just so sympathetic toward her cause. But mm-hmm. he just knew like it had affected his life so much that he needed to go through with this. So he basically played it as like, oh, this poor woman, but she really ruined my life. Uh, Eva, um, play the world's smallest violin. <laughs> oh, there she goes. There, <laughs> there it, is. it is. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah, my you friends? can really almost hear the high pitchedness. Are it. we all crying? Yes. On his behalf. Obviously, that never gained any fucking traction. Mm-hmm. And they were like, literally, go fuck yourself. <laughs> so I also want to add here, I mentioned earlier that he said he had a daughter. He did have a daughter, same age as Mary. Her name was Deborah, and she was also terrified of her own father. She uh, spoke at length about uh, the nature of her father, what he was like as a dad. When she found out he was getting out on parole, she fled and hid, and she asked law enforcement if there was any way they could keep him behind bars for longer. And um, they basically said, okay, so this is her quote of how the situation went down when she asked law enforcement to keep him behind bars. Quote, I asked California prison personnel what could be done to keep him in longer, and I was told there was nothing. They suggested I obtain a restraining order at the time of his release. Sorry, but I mean this quite sarcastically. I tell you he is a danger. I said that before the first crime. I've changed my name multiple times and I'm moving across state lines. And you all suggest a piece of paper that will tell him exactly where I am, what my name is, and not to come within, say, 300 feet of me. So basically, his own daughter, who's the same age, is like, literally keep him in fucking jail. He's a danger to me and to everyone else. So he's paroled anyway, um, and obviously California has proved unwelcoming to his reintroduction to society. Good. So Larry decides he's going to go back to his home state of Florida. Oh, I hope Florida did the same thing. Mm, mm, sort of. So at first he gets there, uh, people aren't happy. A car dealership in the area even offered him $5,000 to leave the state. But, and there's also a, so he's staying at his brother's place for a while, and there's a firebomb that goes off. Um, in his brother's front yard. It doesn't hurt anybody. But beyond that, um, he moved to like a smaller town, settled in a small community. They don't really know about him. Um, and he kind of gets by. Everybody just kind of thinks he's like a quirky older guy. Mm-hmm. Um, in 1997, which is almost 20 years after his attack on Mary, a neighbor was in front of his home when he's in front of Larry's home. Like he's coming up to ring the doorbell or something. He sees Larry beating a young woman in the living room. And she's screaming and crying for help. So he obviously runs to call the police. When the police arrive, Larry opens the door shirtless, covered in blood. He claims he cut himself while chopping some fruit. Um, And they're like, what? Then the phone rings inside Larry's house. He goes, hold on, I have to go get the phone. He goes to answer the phone. While he goes to answer the phone, the police peek inside the door. And they see the body of 31-year-old mother of three, Roxanne Hayes. Oh, my God. On the floor of his living room. Dead? Dead? She's dead. dead. Oh, fuck. 
She was a sex worker in the area that Larry had lured to his home while she was grocery shopping. And then he had stabbed her numerous times in the face and upper body. Oh, my God. And this this time they were like, "We're, we're not letting you get away with this. He actually murdered someone this time. So the state of Florida actually flew Mary down to testify for the second time against Larry. So, you know, she's already gone through like the traumatic experience of testifying the first time. Now he's murdered someone, so they bring her down again. She didn't flinch when asked to identify him, but she said she couldn't look deeply at him either. She said, I wanted to see his eyes. Eyes are important. When he was on top of me, I was looking at the axe, trying to stay alive. I asked later if I could look him in the eye, but he didn't let me. So she said, I wanted to look him in the eye of this trial, but only briefly. Uh, He's convicted of murder, sentenced to the death penalty, but only three years later, in 2001, he dies of cancer in prison. Uh, so Mary's on an episode of I Survived, and she says she actually didn't really feel relief when Larry dies because she said all she wanted to know what was in his soul, like what mm-hmm. was possessing what him to be this, this way. Yeah. Um, and she said she felt robbed of that opportunity. But then she saw, so she had two sons at this point, and she said she saw the relief on her son's faces who were like really young. That's so sad. It just makes you very emotional. But she says she saw the relief on her son's faces, and that made her realize that that was enough closure for her that they felt safe, and they felt that she was safe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, the good news is, if there is any, that the outrage about her trial and his like short sentence changed sentencing laws in California. And if this had happened currently, he'd be in prison for at least 31 years, which would have saved Roxanne's life. Um, obviously too late for her, but at least, you know, it changed for future instances of first degree rape. Um, and as for Mary Vincent, uh, when she was younger, she'd always, her dream was to be a dancer someday. But when, um, her arms were cut off, cut off and then like rebuilt, reconstructed, Mm -hmm. they had to use pieces of her leg muscles to rebuild her arms. So she lost a lot of strength in her legs. Um, she struggled for many many years with depression due to trauma obviously um but she did have two sons like i mentioned and was very happy about having her own family i guess she mentioned at one point that when she was four years old and a friend asked her what she wanted to do someday she said i want to be mother to the whole world which just made me like that's so sad it just made me really happy and so i she, mean it's ha- i just corrected it is very happy but it's also just like sad oh, no, like it's heartbreaking yeah yeah it is so she was able to, like, start her own family, which is great. Um, and then her family kind of became her life. She, like, had birds for a while and, like, random pets. Uh, she also began to paint and draw and sketch, which brought her a lot of joy. Some of her works are now valued at at least $2,000. But she still has nightmares. She says she's still afraid to go to sleep and can't sleep very long. Uh, she says, quote, I've broken bones thanks to my nightmares. I've jumped up and dislocated my Jesus. shoulder. Oh, my God. Just trying to get out of bed. I've cracked ribs and smashed my nose. Every day I pray to God to make a space I can breathe in. And every day God gives it to me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's the story of Mary Vincent. All right. <laughs> Very heavy topic. That was a heavy episode, man. That was a lot. Good luck, Eva. Having to edit that. Wowza. It's such a sad story. It is, but she survived. That's true. She's on an episode of I Survived. It's very good. Very crazy. It's just like unsettled. It's like so deeply unsettling. 
to have yeah, her in be several like, ways in several ways actually in the episode she is like talking and you don't see you see like her shoulders up and she's telling the story and then um when she starts to talk about like he severed my arm she brings a tissue to her face and she has like the the hook on her arm yeah. like, as like her arm and it's just the most like they clearly like the producers were like let's leave that out until she brings it up right and it's just the most like gut-wrenching powerful moment of like oh my god <laughs> they just made her look so like normal like and then yeah. i survived and she like has this yeah. like hand with it literally is a hook and i guess she had like a she used like a very cheap like kind of literally like a hook for a hand for like many for both her hands for like a long time and she said she likes to fidget and tinker so she's kind of worked on it over the years to like be more active but it's been kind of a very basic level of like right prosthetic it's just a very powerful episode so if anybody wants to watch it i highly recommend it and it's also just really cool to see people who've like gone through trauma talk about it in such a like powerful way like open way yeah yeah in an owning it way yeah exactly uh i want a geoscope given to me okay here you go scorpio there's tension in the air today scorpio (laughs) even though it isn't your doing you may want to keep a low profile Especially if you have work to do. Obviously, she has a lot of fun. I mean, she was pretty busy. <laughs> Try to avoid discussions with other people. I mean, that would make sense why he was so dodgy today when I got here. M, Gio avoids discussions with other people, including you, at every day of the year. That is not true. Okay. I don't, I refuse to believe it. Just because someone is confrontational, like M, doesn't mean you have to rise to the bait. It would be better if you didn't. But he does anyway. Sometimes. Keep to yourself and all of this will blow over by tomorrow when it will be safe to mingle with your friends again. <laughs> uh, what, Juniper? Because I'll be gone. <laughs> oh, that's fun. Did he enjoy being boarded for several he, days? No, he really did. Well, I think I was kind of freaked out. Christine had like, a mental breakdown as a mother. I did because I was like really struggling to leave him because he was so excited to go to daycare. And then I was like, I'm not picking you up for three days. Um, but... Today, I brought him back to daycare to the same place, and he was just super excited to go, so I felt like I didn't traumatize him as much as I may have thought. Oh, so happy. And they post little photos of him on Instagram, and Aww. it makes me happy. That's heartwarming. Yeah. Oh, apparently his August horoscope, if you're a Scorpio, watch your temper. Uh-oh. Don't let anyone push any of your buttons, because they will try. No, um, I won't. Don't Not you the Geminis dare. in your life. Not the Geminis in your life. Oh, my God. There may be some solar friction. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Mercury goes stationary on the 18th. Does it say anything about Jupiter? Oh, no. There's a full moon on the 26th. I don't see anything about Jupiter. Speaking of the 26th of August, that will be our Facebook Live. Oh, sure. Okay. This week. Fabulous. August 26th, Facebook Live. 3 p.m. on a Sunday, 3 p.m. PST. I'm putting it in now. And catch us there and also we just had our nashville show so i hope you guys had fun if you were there yeah only time will tell on on this end our next show is in la Uh, by now we've announced oh no we're announcing in two days monday look for dates we're announcing dates on monday new cities check it out tomorrow okay so tomorrow get ready get Get ready get ready fingers crossed that we're in your area and if not still fly to see us please 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 and uh you can oh no what yeah tell us yep I have to pee. Hurry up. Oh. 
You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and Patreon at ATWWD Podcast. Please donate. You don't realize how helpful that is, and we've been able to do so much because of that. So thank you. Thank you. Um, you can also find our website, and that's why we drink.com. You can find our merch at and that's why we drink.bigcartel.com. You can email us at and that's why we drink at gmail.com where you can send in your personal listeners. Oh, nope, your personal true crime and paranormal stories because we put out a new listeners episode at the first of every month. Our Facebook Live is August 26th at 3 p.m. PST. And we have a live show in September mm-hmm. at the Hollywood Improv. Yes. September 23rd. So please go get tickets. Is the link already it's yep. available? Right? It's on our website. So um, please come to that and um other shows being announced soon check it out yep and nope oh oh (laughs) okay go and that's why we drink okay (laughs) bye